Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. Hey, what's up out there, podcast land? How you guys doing? You're so mellow lately. <laughs> yeah, I've sort of come back down to earth, you know. <laughs> I still keep one one side of my headphones yeah. off. Just uh, it's okay. No, I'm not wait. going back to the other. I'm, just, I'm here. This is the new Hank. Uh, okay. Until one day I get excited and go crazy. <laughs> no. So what's up? You guys hear him talking? I got my home slice, Miss Mona, with me. Hey, hey. I got my main man, Jelly Bean, over there. Yep. Uh, what's up, you guys? Hey. All right, here's the goal for today. Okay. To get through Laodicea. Okay. All right. We can do this. Dan said we couldn't before we came home. <laughs> I was trying to sound confident. <laughs> you were confident there. that we weren't. <laughs> but hey, you need to tell everybody out there in podcast land, did I ask you on Sunday what church what we were doing? No, but you gave me the look like you wanted to, but then no, once I, I said it, so I said, hey, we're in Laodicea. She goes, let it record show. I didn't ask. I did, but I had I got have. I had got the side eye. Like, tell me That's what I need to know. Yo. I had a moment of panic when I came. In, I was like, oh no, but I can't ask. <laughs> but what did they say? And then it hit me. I was like, okay, we're good. We're good. I did not. No, pain. she did not. No, she did not. <laughs> I knew. You you were you were on it. Great. You were on it. I knew. Yep. I remembered. But Sunday, I mean, Sunday was just a great day. Sunday was awesome. It was off the chain. Fr- Saturday was awesome. Yes. Ladies event with Lisa Miners. Thank you, Lisa, for coming. It was amazing. Yeah, Dennis, good to meet you, brother. Yeah. Um, yep. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just like. Um, all right, let's read. Let's just dump, jump in. Dump in. Let's just jump in. Jump We're going to get through it. Okay. So I have it fully outlined and sketched out. All right, And good. just so you know, we're going to stick to the outline. Okay. Until we don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Revelation 3, starting at verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know you works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again just for the opportunity to share your word with each other and with those that would be listening. And Heavenly Father, we just pray that that it would never be said that we're lukewarm toward your word or toward glorifying your name. We pray that 
this podcast be pleasing to you above all else. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so here we go. We, you know, this, they, so we talked about last week that the, the Church of Philadelphia and you guys argued that the Church of Smyrna have nothing bad really to say about them. Right. I'm wishy washy on the Smyrna one. Mm-hmm. I think there could be something taken a little bit bad. But anyway, this church has nothing good, good said right. about it. <laughs> right. Now, and if you're into dispensationalism, this is the church of now, mm-hmm. the Laodicean church. I would have to say, seems that way. Yeah. You know, um, at times we we have seemingly have it all, but we have nothing. Right. Mm. We've lost a power um, that could change the world, and we just we're good being just pitiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I really struggle at times. Yeah. You know that. Um, like church is just a well, if I got nothing better to do. Right. And um, that just drives me bonkers. And people are like, don't you think you, I literally had to tell me, don't you think you take this thing just a little too seriously? No, I think I don't take it seriously enough. Right. I think when we stand before God, you're not going to say, I did too much. Pretty sure we're all going to say, I didn't do enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some of the ones that want to question me this, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not sure you're going to stand before God like I am. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stand before him at the Bema seat. Mm -hmm. Right. Some others, I believe, will be at the great white throne. Right. Now, I hate that, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just a fact. Right. I'm going to go out of my way to win you to Jesus. Right. But if you don't want it, um, you know, here it is. So um, don't get me fired up. <laughs> Y'all two started it already, I man. On that. I prayed. <laughs> so he's writing to this, and here's what he says to them. And, and you know, it. There is. so we're probably not going to get through it all today. <laughs> I knew we weren't to be going. But, you know, each one of these, if if you've been with us through this, and I pray that you have, what he says to the churches really are a reflection of what the church is, and he's sort of letting them know that he's around. He he says it once again, I know your works. Mm-hmm. Some have argued that this church is made up of totally unbelievers mm. that were trying to act like believers. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't believe I would go that far. There had to be some believers in the church. I agree. They were growing a crowd there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I'm pretty sure they weren't growing a church. Right, right. Um, so as he's talking to them, he describes himself in two ways. Well, three ways. Uh, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And then faithful and true witness and beginning of God's creation. So the I'm in, if you think about 1 Corinthians, let your yes be yes and I'm in. Yes. So uh, the word I'm in there is more of a descriptive title of Jesus, mm-hmm. truth, right? you know, in a sense. And then the second one, the faithful and true witness. I think it was Rick Vi who I heard make these statements because um, it harkens back, if you think about it, to Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, when he's called, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. What was he faithful witness to? And, and I believe it was Rick that gave us five things. The name of God, he called him Father. The nature of sin, look at the cross. The need for righteousness, that's the root of sin because we have that in us. The nearness of judgment, hell. And the news of salvation is for all. Mm-hmm. He was his faithful witness and faithful and true witness. So what are your thoughts about any of that so far? I'm well, talking a lot. Nope. Well, also in... Um Chapter 19, verse 11, he is called faithful and true. The one sitting on the white horse is called faithful and true. Um, And so 
it's not only um, his witness, but it's also his name, which means it's his character. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thought I kept having is, is the you know, there's a reason this comes at the beginning, and it's preparing the listener for what they're about to hear. And with this one especially, you're seeing it, it's, we're, we're coming from the previous churches where I, I know your works, you can kind of take comfort in. This time, there's no taking comfort in the fact that yeah. he knows your works. Oh, yeah. And then you pair that with um, with faithful and true witness. It's the fact that what's getting ready to be said has been tested. It's true. There, It doesn't matter how you try to wiggle out of it. And I feel like that's going to be, you know, those people you were talking about earlier that that you know may maybe do not have the relationship with Jesus they think they do. Um, there's going to be a lot of that. A lot. I'll be honest with you, brother. If you're thinking that you do, you're doing too much for church, then I I, yeah. I question your relationship yeah. with Jesus. Sorry. Right. I mean, you not like me. I don't really give a rip. <laughs> I mean, that's just the sort of mood I'm in right now. But there's those that think, oh well, I can I can live how I want, and then at the last moment I can make excuses. And it, no, there will be no excuses at right. that moment. Every knee will bow, and and you will know that Jesus is Lord, and you will confess it, and everything that you've done. This side of eternity will will be crystal clear because if you if you end up at well it doesn't matter which seat you're at right. he's going to show you your works mm-hmm. right beam a seat the works you did for him whether mm-hmm. good or bad it's going right. to be tested by fire at the great white throne judgment he's going to let all these book of works book of words book mm-hmm. of you know all these books book of life and he's going to show you so he's not going to just say I know your works right. I'm going to show you right. your works right. buddy right. I hope he throws buddy in there. <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid because I care. I just told you I didn't give a rip. You know, and then he's called uh, the beginning of God's creation. And so what he's telling this church is, I get the sense, and I've read this several times today, that you had a bunch of guys who thought they were just God's gift to this area. And that this church was like God's gift to Laodicea and all the surrounding areas. And they were there doing what they wanted. And they were the ones, you know, let's just be honest, you know that church. <laughs> Got um, bell cows that are walking around. <laughs> And thinking that they're God's gift to all of creation and they got it figured out with their little church and they got their little kingdom and they got their little woody duddy and they think they all that in a bucket of fries and two cheeseburgers. <laughs> yep. Here's what Jesus says. I <laughs> am the beginning of God's creation. Mm-hmm. And now Laodicea was was south, I think, of Colossae and, and north of Hierapolis or somewhere. Um, and so as he wrote to the church of Colossian in Colossae, what did he say? I'm the image of the invisible God. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul wrote, said he right. is. He right. is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Right. And then if you go down to verse 18, that was verse 15. And then in verse 18, he says this, and he is the head of the church, the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Mm -hmm. A problem with a lot of our churches is you've got some dudes or dudettes, man, that think they in charge like they died on Mm -hmm. that cross. You didn't. You're, You're lost if you think you run the church. Pastors don't run the church. We get our marching orders from God in heaven, too. Yes. Yep. Yes. 
quit getting me fired up, y'all, too. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's, look, and I, I, I talked about a Sunday about the pulpit mm-hmm. and how weak it is. Because people don't want to preach the gospel. Right. They, they want to mm-hmm. preach to felt needs or they want to preach to, to uh, what's the best thing out there in society. No, what your people need, pastor, is a word from heaven, mm-hmm. not a word from a human. Right. Yep, absolutely. Right. Right. And so, man, find you somebody that'll preach the gospel. All right. What else you got? <laughs> Anything about that? No. You sure? Okay. Dan? No, no, I'm good on that one. Good on that one. <laughs> so then he goes into a description of their their setting. So that's what he does in verse 15. We might get through today. Okay. I know your works. There it is again. And that shit, that scares me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be at the beam of sin. Right. <laughs> I don't want to have a life that's wasted. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't want to have... Yeah. Ashes that are left there because it's all wood, hay, and stubble. Right. I mean, when you when when you have this left over, and all you can put back into these nail scarred hands are just some ashes of a wasted life, and not precious stones and jewels. Mm-hmm. And people tell me all the time, "Well, there's no tears in heaven, honey." <laughs> he doesn't wipe away all tears until right before New Jerusalem comes mm-hmm. down. Yeah. I believe there are tears in heaven. Right, at that At, at that, that point, moment. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, I believe, I mean, if you, you look at all the guys who had an encounter with God and how they reacted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moses had to take off his shoes because the ground he was standing on right. was holy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Isaiah said, woe is me for I'm undone. Isaiah said, I'm being ripped apart at the seams. Right. Ezekiel and Jeremiah both bout passed out. Mm-hmm. Daniel Daniel basically just went into a sleep for a little That's bit. Right. These guys, when they saw God in all his uh, Shekinah glory and that, and so when you stand before him in his glory and in his righteousness and in his holiness, and all you have to offer perfection is wastedness. You don't think there's going to be tears? No, I think there will be. I, th- I think there will be. And I think that um, that's one of the things that I've said. I, I know I said it before, but... that Say it again. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> that in all of these, um, to the churches, all of these, that the truths about who Jesus is have just been so meaningful and impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think normally... Or maybe I'll say in most instances, the focus is on the church, but there's always a description of Jesus, an explanation of Jesus that we need to grab hold of. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, um, what we understand and know and love about Jesus then will dictate how we're able to handle the things that he says about the churches. Mm -hmm. If we don't have Jesus as the preeminence in our life, then what he says about being hot or cold isn't going to matter to us. Right. And Well, that's the reason he doesn't matter to a lot of people. Right. I mean, anything else, Dan? 
No, I was just, I was thinking, you know, every time there's such a, once you really look at it, there's such a contrast between uh, his names or his descriptions at the beginning and then, except in the last couple of cases, uh, the, the the description of the church. Oh, yeah, it's polar opposites, isn't it? Yeah, and in this one we see, you know, like you said, they're not, from the description of the church, they're not worshiping him, it's that they, they've tried to make him conform to them because they think they're God's gift, so automatically anything they do, God approves of. Yeah. And and I think that's exactly where we're at in the church today. We, we The reason people aren't having their lives changed is because they don't need to know about a single person up there preaching the you know preaching their own gospel yeah. about their opinions and their beliefs. They need a word from God. God's not scared of carnality. Hmm. Right. I mean, but problem is, most of us are, hate holiness now, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so then he goes in that he says, so here. Um, not word nerd, but sentence <laughs> rightly spoken word nerd. That's a long title. I know it, man. Put that on our title. <laughs> and, I mean, I do believe this is one of those that people get, and I've heard it preached, and I'm going, I, I, you're neither hot nor cold. Would that you were either cold or hot because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. I'm spit you out of my mouth. So some will say, well, God either wants you hot for him or just cold and not caring about him god don't want nobody cold <laughs> not caring for him absolutely that what i get and i read a couple guys today and they they i i believe it i believe the hot and the cold are both a description of the believer mm. sometimes if you're sick you need something hot to soothe you and warm mm. you or whatever and when you're really thirsty, mm. you need something cold to drink that will quench your thirst. And so if a believer was one of the two, right. that you're this, your your fragrance about you is pleasing or your your radiance is is warming or something to that. I really believe this is what this is getting at. You're of a benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I, I like that. I'm, I'm processing. But that. if you're just lukewarm, you're good for nothing. Yes, yeah, right. No usefulness, yeah. Right. And and what I read today, and Dan, you said, no, who said they had heard it? Dan. Dan said he'd heard it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. You said Tony Evans said it. Mm-hmm. I run with the big dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that if you were a visitor to Laodicea, you might have known. So as I said, so there was cold water coming from one city and really hot water from another city, and they sort of met in these channels. And Laodicea, so you got this lukewarm mess mm. that wasn't good for anything. It wasn't good to make coffee. Holla. <laughs> but it wasn't good to quench your thirst. So these mm. visitors would come and they would need something to drink and they would drink water. And literally the you we have record that says they would throw up. Mm. Right. And so what what the Holy Spirit says, remember, he knows our works mm-hmm. and he sees all. He's El Roy. Right. Right. Boomity boom. <laughs> The God who sees, he saw him. So he just uses what they would, the picture that they would see of right. drinking this lukewarm water. And he's going, that's how I feel because you add nothing to society. Yes. You don't draw people in if they're thirsty and you don't help them when they're hurting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You do nothing. Right. Then he goes on to describe them. Then he says, you say I'm rich and have prospered. I need nothing, not realizing. And then he goes, here's he's described. This is where I got description from. You're wretched. Uh-huh. 
pitiable, mm-hmm. poor. Now, remember, they said they were rich. Right. He said, you're poor. You're blind. That's a straight shot at them. They were known for eye salve. That's another reason he used, mm, you should yeah. get salve from me. Mm. That, he says, you guys think y'all got it going on because y'all got that little stuff you can put on your eyes. It's sort of blind. Y'all are blind. And then he says this, because if you think of somebody that's rich, you think they're because, and they were known for their black wool. Mm. There was a certain time, they were known to have this black, beautiful wool there for clothing, whatever. And he says, you're naked. Mm-hmm. Everything that they said they were that and they, had right, that they thought they were. God says you got none of it. Right. You're the word pitiable, if you don't know that word, which not many of us use that word in our vernacular, means you're pitiful. Mm-hmm. You are to be pitied. Right. Now, if you were to ask anybody in that church, man, we got it going on. Look at the we we got four, five hundred up in there. Yep. Yep. God says, How many believers you got? Come on, talk to me. Well, it it makes it makes me think that um, just thinking about myself and thinking about the things that um, the things that I want, who I want to be for God, who the things I want to do for God, and I am always um, conscientious of making sure that I'm not blinded to my own self that I'm very self-aware of who I am in God and what I do for God and if I'm doing it for God or if I'm doing it for myself. Um, and and so, so this points to that, the fact that they thought that they had all, they were all these things, but Jesus is saying you're none of those things. And in fact, you're the opposite of those things. And, um, and so I think to me, it makes me make sure that I check myself to make sure that I'm not that I am what I think that I am oh um no I was just thinking you know it it just speaks to where real value comes from and, and real worth and it's you know here we see it doesn't matter what you have and it doesn't even matter what the world says you have if it's not for God and if you're not sold out for God all of that's worthless. It could be something great that could be used for God, but if it's being used for your own glory or anything else, it's completely worthless at that point. And we're the we're the same way that you know we were designed to worship God. If we're doing anything else, we're worthless at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the worth always comes from God when you, when you're looking at what am I worth? And and I'd even go a step further and say a lot of what we're seeing today is because people who don't recognize God don't recognize their worth through Him. And so they see themselves as worthless, and they are because they're not connected to God because they they've shut him out, you know, for whatever reason. But yeah, it just it it speaks to to where real value comes from at that point. Mm-hmm. Any more about the description? I'm telling you, we're moving on. No, we're we're moving. And then you see the there's deficient. They are. He goes on. I counsel you. Now, when the Lord starts saying yeah. He's going to counsel you, buddy, you better perk your ears up. <laughs> you need them Spock ears of Star Trek. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Elves ears. He says, I want you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich. So we need his riches, not ours. Right. And there's a big time difference. Right. The stuff that we put stock in as riches, mm-hmm. you're not going to take your, your Benjamins with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Your cars, your house, your clothing, Nothing. Matter of fact, there's nothing here. There is nothing on this earth 
of eternal value, right. except for your soul. Right. Yep. Wow, that's good. And the souls of those that you come in contact with. Yeah. Right. By the way, be praying for a guy by the name of Daryl. I had a chance to share with the dude today. Awesome. And I'm um, praying for him. Um, so, Daryl, if you listen, praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only, but his righteousness. Then he goes, and white garments so that you should close yourself. Close yourself. And the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. Remember, one of the things they really prided themselves on, one was Isaph. He talks about that, I think, next. Mm-hmm. And their clothing, because they had this black wool that they had. He says, that, that, that's nothing. Right. You're just, you're, I mean, really to me, that black wool that they were clothed themselves in when it comes to spirituality is nothing better than them fig leaves that Adam and Eve mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He said, you, you got nothing. Right. What does his righteousness get us? Big question out of the blue. <laughs> I didn't even prepare you say, look at the question. You never prepare us. Um, well, I don't know. When we have, when we, yeah, I'm struggling. <laughs> when Put we have, um, well, when we accept Jesus' gift of salvation, then we have Jesus' righteousness on us. And so when God looks at us, he sees Jesus' righteousness and not our sinfulness. And we become justified in his eyes just as if we have never sinned. Um, and then that righteousness then is, um, is I don't know what I was going to say. Um, that righteousness is a thing that's very apparent in heaven. Yes. You know, righteousness, let me just help you out. It's nothing more than just being right Right. in the eyes of God. Right. You're totally wrong in your sins. Right. And so when God looks at you, he does not see you. He sees Jesus in you. Right. And the blood has washed away. Though your sins be as scarlet, they be made as white as snow. Right. So his, yeah, his right. I mean, you were were doing great. You're just struggling there to find that word. I'm telling you, I struggle. But his righteousness, what it buys us is interest in the heaven. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, ultimately, if you think about it. Right. Because it comes... At the blood of Jesus. I mean, at, at well, so you're not getting any other way. No, you're right. You, our righteousness is filthy rags, right. Isaiah said. Mm-hmm. So either you're gonna you're gonna spend eternity based on your own righteousness. Oh, this is a good thought. Or the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Mm. That's the only two righteousness out there. Right. Yours or His. Right. That's why He said, "Get my white garments." Yeah. Because then I can take you to Zechariah chapter 4 that tell you what these filthy rag righteous mm-hmm. garments look like. It says they have you know <laughs> doo-doo on them. <laughs> I had about four different words I was going to say there. And, and you, cho- you went with that one. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, right, it was like go. poo-poo. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was oh, I mean, it was, you know. So, yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say something. No, no. (laughs) So, and then he says, um, his remedy. So that, all right, so this, we try to create our own. Mm -hmm. To me, when he's talking about this salve to anoint your eyes uh, so that you may see, it's, we got three minutes. Oh, poo-poo you. What if I do this? Oh, poo-poo you. (laughs) Um. Have me on a roll, man. Sorry. But it's, it's basically to me, this is like your own religion, so that you don't you, you want to see yourself a certain way. 
Mm. You know, it's just man-made. Right. So they had this man-made stuff that, yeah, might help you out. I don't know whether it helped or not out <laughs> physically, your eyesight, but it didn't help them none with their spirituality. Spiritually, right, to see spiritually, right. Jesus says, oh, what Jesus is saying here, I do believe, is that the way you are pre-salve physically is how you truly are spiritually mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. blind. Right. So you want to buy all that little eye salve? You better come get some of the salve that I'm dishing out. Mm-hmm. And mine is my blood mm-hmm. that washes your sins mm-hmm. white as snow. Mm-hmm. And and then he just and he gives a rebuke. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Repent. Yes. That's the key word of our life. Yep. Outside of Jesus. But unless they repent, Luke 13, 3, they'll all likewise perish. That's why he's telling them. That's why this one guy argues that this is a bunch of unbelievers in this church. He says, because he gets to the end, he says, what? Those whom I love, I reprove, and discipline, so be zealous, and repent, yo. Right. right. Get right with me. We didn't even get to this next one, man. I was going to get you all jacked up, too. They're, they're, <laughs> seriously. I, I don't have, we don't have time. Look, I guess we're going to have to do it next week. Are we out of time, Dan? Yeah, about two minutes. No, nah, I don't have enough time for that. We'll just we'll. We can extend he's so, it. He's very distressed. I just want y'all yeah. to know. Your show very, make the call. Very distressed. They don't charge by the minute. There's a description and there's deficient. Well, then let's finish it real All quick. Right, let's do it. And then there's a direction. Mm-hmm. Now we use this a whole lot in evangelism. <laughs> yes, we do. It's a great picture, but I don't know that it's exactly it's not. not mm. I mean, what? I remember one time I was re- I was reading this, and I read it, and I went, "Wait a minute," <laughs> because we do we do it for evangelism and for. I mean, I remember seeing pictures of Jesus standing at a door knocking when they would talk to us at church in you know in children's church and whatnot about becoming a, accepting Jesus's salvation, and it's not what it's talking about at all. It's talking about the church, right? I did hear one Coming guy today. Yes. Saying, well, if he's talking to the church, church is made up of people. True. So he's got to knock on the door of the hearts of the people. True, but he's not knocking on the door for salvation. I understand. But it can be. That's a secondary. I'll agree with you. So so can I just tell a funny funny thing about that, though? Yeah. I mentioned that to somebody at the church I was at at the time who did evangelistic things all over the place. And I was like, and I said, so you see that? And she goes, hmm. But we could still use it anyway, couldn't we? <laughs> like, uh, you can use it as a we'll think about secondary that. thing. I've written all these flyers already. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so, just funny the way she said it. I think I just great. snorted it. Like, you snorted. It's okay. That's okay. So you, I, refuse you, to I mean, it is a great picture of it. Yes, that he's knocking on the door of, the door of your heart. Right, right. So tell us what it means. And then I'm going to get you jacked up over there. Uh, I promise that you. That wasn't it. Well, keep on. <laughs> No, well, I mean, what he's saying is he needs them to all of these things that he has been talking about. Um, he that's what he wants them to do. That's what he wants them to open up to. He wants them to open up to the be, refining, the righteousness, the um, eyes being able to see, the repenting that they need to do. Those are the things that he wants them to open mm-hmm. the, their door to their life. And going back to the description of him in the beginning and, and that, that he would be preeminent, that he would yeah. be 
the first in their life. That's what he wants. Anything? Not on that, no. Okay. All right, you ready, Mona? Yeah. Have you ever thought about this? <laughs> Probably not. So we got all that. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. Why did Jesus sit on his throne? Why did he sit? Why did he go sit? Why He sat down because his work was done. So when he says we sit with him. Our work is done. Connection with Jesus. Yep. He got a throne, therefore we get a throne. Yep. Now, some people go like, what? Well, it says <laughs> it. It says right there, right? Well, sit with me on my throne. Yep. Just saying, we got a lot of people trying to sit a little early. Oh, we no, we got a lot. Yeah, lots of people. Uh, there's a lot of people that you know. I just read that book last year, dethroning Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are there. Yeah. They fit that. Yeah. I'm just being honest. I mean, you don't like it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah. When you try to make all decisions for your life, you dethrone Jesus. Yeah. When you try to create a religion that's not about the gospel, Paul says, if I or anybody else preach any gospel other than what I've already preached to you that has Jesus Christ at center, Hank's words right there, that Jesus Christ at center. No, it's wrong. It's not a gospel. Mm-hmm. He said, even if an angel preaches another gospel, right. it is false. Yep. So, but when we do that, we get to be just like Jesus in all that we are. There is coming a day. No yes. more headaches. Yes. Woo, no more sickness. Woo, woo, woo. No more worry. No more goodbyes. No more this. No more that. Because we'll be sitting, sitting with Jesus on the throne, not because we're worthy, but because we are co-heirs mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. And he's calling us to rule in the reign with him out into all eternity, somehow, some way. Not over everything, because that's God's and he already mm-hmm. occupies the throne. But some way, somehow, the Bible says we will reign and rule with, with him. him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. I'm going to be reigning and ruling over Buzzard's Roost. <laughs> Population two. <laughs> okay. Because that's all I'm worthy for. <laughs> and I pity oh, the poor soul. That's the other one. <laughs> but no, that's what he said. I mean, I just thought you'd be jacked yep, up about that. Yeah. Because he sat down. Right. The, you know, in Hebrews, it talks about that the priests are daily there offering sacrifice, mm-hmm. but he offered himself once and sat, sat down. down. It, I just had this thought, you know, it's this picture of completion. Yep. And and that's so foreign to us because every day of my life it's about, okay, what's the next step? Where do I need to go? What do I, think of it. You're going to be able to sit and everything's going to be complete as it is. Oh, what a thought. That That's yeah, a such thought. a strange yeah, Every day, feeling. most people, when they close their eyes, yeah. you're thinking what I got to get done tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Am Which I moving is, in the right direction? Can I get a little bit closer to, you know, a little further from where I don't want to be and a little closer to where I want to be? Yep. And just to be there and complete right there is just mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. What were mm-hmm. you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, you know, how much of what we do every day is just a re- re- repetition yeah. of what we did yesterday. You know, there's yeah. always dishes that got to be washed and there's always clothes that need to be washed. And, you know, there's Rats always those. Things. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Mom, <laughs> I've forgotten about all that for about a half hour. <laughs> and there you go. There we you made go. it through. <laughs> All right, big thought. <clears throat> I don't care which one you go first. <laughs> I'm never prepared for that. All right, I, I'm jumping in because I've been saving mine. Um, I got two. One's really short and one's, one's not quite so short. First one is um, that throne, Jesus will be on the throne. You you don't – Yeah. It's done. It's occupied. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're trying to put anything else there, you're going to fail. 
Um, the other thing is just going back to to what we're talking about as far as worth and value. What and and you've said it time and time again, you can tell what somebody values and what's in their heart by where they put their time. Yep. I do this constantly, probably to a fault. Con- just look at your time and say, okay, eternally speaking, am I putting my time where God's calling me to put my time, or am I putting in these things that that look? Even if they last until I die, the moment I die, they become useless to me. Yeah, they're worthless to anybody. Absolutely. Um, I'm sort of going to repeat what I said, but... um, It's okay. (laughs) There were other churches that thought that they were all that, and Jesus said, you're not. And (laughs) and so, so here... Right. So here again, and and so just I just keep going back to what I said before that to make sure that I'm aware of, um, you know, am I being hot or am I being cold or am I just lukewarm? And do I feel like I um, have so much to give, but I really don't? Um, am I doing the things that God wants me to do um, or am I just doing things for my own self? Um and then we talked about it before, but um, how many times at the end does he say, um, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. And so um, that ought to be our prayer for all things every time that we're in the Word, that we would hear mm-hmm. what the Holy Spirit is saying to us through, the, through God's Word so mm-hmm. that um, we're not just taking in knowledge that puffs up, but that we're taking in knowledge that can travel down to our hearts and change it jerry bridges (laughs) in his book says this tell the name of the book because somebody asked me the practice of godliness by jerry bridges highly recommend yes he i'm in a chapter on humility he says this the bible was given not just to increase our knowledge Mm -hmm. but to guide our conduct Mm. yep yeah i wrote that in the front of my bible yep here's what i would here's my big thought be afraid. Mm-hmm. Be very afraid. Yeah, he's a God of love, but he's a God of judgment. And here's why I say be afraid. He knows who you are. Yep. Mm-hmm. He knows your heart. Yep. He's not going to overlook your sin. He's not going to overlook your flaws and your faults and just let you into heaven. He says in Scripture, Jesus himself says, be not afraid of the man who can take your life, but Mm. be very afraid who can kill you and then send you to hell. Yes. Now, careful what you read there. Mm. Jesus doesn't send you to hell. You send yourself. But Jesus is not going to stop you. Right. To get to hell, you got to climb over the Bible, the cross of Jesus, Mm. and every believer and preacher that have ever shared the gospel. you got to do all that to go to hell. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. And it's a flat choice. Mm-hmm. So I'm just here to tell you, be afraid. Mm-hmm. He not no grandpa in the sky. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Gonna burp you and change your little diaper and give you a bottle and say, come on. And say you're cute. You're cute. Mm-hmm. No, he is righteous and holy. That's what I get out of these seven churches. Right. He is righteous and holy and he knows our work. Yes. And that ought to scare you to death. Mm-hmm. All right, let's pray. Father, the name of Jesus. God, help us to be a church of today that's not like Laodicea. 
God, we want to be warm, hot, so that we will be medication, Father, as it was to soothe the soul. But we want to be cold, Father, in that we bring life and give nourishment. So, Lord, God, help us to be who you call us to be. May we get our marching orders from you. May we get all that we need from you. We want to get counsel from you, and we want to love your word. So, God, just move in the church today. Make us scalding hot for the lost. Uh, Lord, we love you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm Hank Meadows, pastor of Mary Baptist Church. I got my home slice with me, Miss Mona. Hey, hey. Got my main man, Jelly Bean, over there. Yep, yep. Hey, God bless you guys. Next week, we start something new. Woo! All right, bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.